0: Republican Senator Lindsey Graham has been issued a warrant for his arrest out of the country of Russia. And is the US spending too much money in Ukraine? And finally, is it okay for a member of Congress to call for the assassination of a foreign leader? Those are subjects we'll be talking about today on the left wing. My name is Desmond Price, the host of the independent thought podcast. I'm joined by my co host, john Cooper, host of counterpoint politics and our guest, Connor Hall the former congressional candidate out of Kentucky's 5th District. We are talking today initially about, Republican Senator from South Carolina, Lindsey Graham has been issued a warrant for his arrest after statements that he made while visiting Ukraine this past weekend. This is out of a political article. It says that Russia's interior ministry on Monday issued an arrest warrant for Graham after comments were released in a video where he was meeting with a pr- Ukrainian president, vladimir Zelensky. in the video it showed that graham was saying that russians are dying and described the u.s military assistance to the country as the best money we've ever spent now a longer version of this video did show that graham didn't make those comments back to back but the shorter version was released by Zelensky's office ended up very much enraging russia and their kremlin spokesperson dmitry peskov commented that It was hard to imagine a greater shame for a country than having such senators now obviously after that russia went and issued the arrest warrant to which graham responded on twitter saying i will wear this arrest warrant issued by putin's corrupt and moral government as a badge of honor and to know that my commitment to ukraine has drawn the ire of putin's regime brings me immense joy i will continue to stand with and for ukraine's freedom until russian soldier every russian soldier is expelled from ukrainian territory Now, this gives us an opportunity to talk about something we haven't talked about yet on the left wing, which is the war in Ukraine. You know, currently, as of, you know, at the end of 2022, Congress had appropriated $113 billion for the war in Ukraine. Now, conversely, we had appropriated $146 billion for the entire 20-year duration of the war in Afghanistan. And that's where I kind of bring this question to you both now are we spending too much money in Ukraine? And is it time to draw back some of our support for this war? And I bring that to you know my co-host first, John, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah,
1: I think the answer to the first question is obviously yes, but the answer to the second question is obviously no. We are definitely spending too much money in Ukraine because when it comes to any of our military spending, it's just treated as a slush fund. I have absolutely no faith that all of that money is being used efficiently effectively and it is being used for the things that we're saying it's being used for it's probably incredibly bloated if we were actually trying to efficiently spend this money we could probably spend a tenth of it and get the same result but that's not how our military spending works however knowing that we can't spend this money i mean we could but I have no power to advocate for us doing so because none of Congress cares to spend military money in any efficient manner. Uh, if this is the way it has to be, I do think that Ukraine still deserves support. I think that they were invaded by a foreign nation and they are an ally of ours, a key ally of ours, and we should support them when they are invaded by another country. I think that was true when the invasion happened. I think it's still true now.
2: Yeah, I would, uh, I would agree with that. I think that, um, uh... I don't really like to look at it in terms of money we've spent. It's more of uh, resources, uh, manpower, and putting more Ukrainians at risk. Um, obviously, we I agree, Russia was the aggressor in this situation. It's uh, You get some people both on the left and the right who seem to think that we shouldn't support Ukraine at all and that uh, Russia is somehow uh, a benefactor to everyone in this situation. But at the end of the day, Russia invaded. So uh, that complicates a lot of a lot of what we're supposed to do. and But at the end of the day, it seems clear that we cannot, that Ukraine is not going to be able to um, win this war to the degree that certain people want them to. And uh, the U.S. should not prolong any sort of conflict just for the sake of prolonging it. If there's an exit strategy, or if there's a way to come to some sort of agreement, we should be proposing that, rather than just keeping a war going longer and longer periods of time just to somehow drain Russia of
0: resources. You know, it's a, it's an interesting question because as this goes on, I think one of the things that I hear from other people, and it's a question that I'm thinking about myself, what does the end look like, you know, for the Ukraine war in its entirety, I think some people have been thinking like, well, Russians have taken the Donbass regions, they've had Crimea since 2014, maybe just allowed them to keep that territory and call it good. Other people are like, no. Ukraine needs to be able to push back, take its original borders, including the Dunbaugh's area, including Crimea for you. You know, Connor, you you were running to be in Congress for you personally. What do you think is the better end for this conflict? Is it Russia just keeping the territory they've acquired so far, or is it Ukraine going in and reacquiring the areas they've lost in this conflict since the start of last year?
2: That's a great question, and obviously it's a, it's a complicated one. It's one we here in the West, you know, in America specifically, really don't have uh, the historical perspective to for most people to get a grasp on it. I think uh, personally, and I think if, as someone who was running for Congress, uh, I would have pursued a policy of trying to um, come to an agreement that saves the most lives. And I think that's the way that I tend to think about these things. Uh, I don't think Ukraine was ever going to or is a, able to go, to return to its uh, pre-war borders, including uh, the restoration of Crimea into, the U- into Ukraine. Uh, but I also don't think that, you know, we should just be appeasing Russia. So I think the best way to do it is to say, uh, you know, let's come to some sort of peaceful end here. And if that means that uh, Russian speaking or uh, Russian ethnic people in certain parts of what we consider Ukraine are Uh, eventually part of Russia, then I don't see that as necessarily the worst, worst option. Um, This stuff is complicated, but I think that's the best way to look at it. How can we make sure that the most amount of people uh, aren't dying?
1: So Connor, I'll ask you this, if uh, Mexico went to war with us and took Texas, and then we settled on allowing them to keep Texas, do you think America would ever, ever in a million years accept those conditions?
2: Well, I don't think America would, but I also don't think it's the, the same conditions. I think a more appropriate uh, extension would be America invading Mexico rather than the other way around. Probably uh, more there's... likely that, like like from a <laughs> logistical
1: perspective.
2: And but Paul I'm saying right. talking about it that, anyway. that
1: the, the foreign policy that you're recommending to Ukraine is not the one which America follows.
2: Right. It's not the one that America follows, but it's the one that, you know, we should be following. It's. It's one where we're not just going to be sacrificing uh, needless lives just for um, just for a border to be politically on one line rather than you know 50 kilometers to the other. Uh, Ukraine is not the, the underlying premise is Ukraine does not have the resources necessary to defeat Russia in any full scale way that we would consider. Now they could defeat them in certain areas. They could take back certain areas. Uh, how long that would take and how many lives that would cost, uh, you know, that's something for analysts to to to, to come up with. Um, if 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 Ukraine was able to stay, uh, you know, a sovereign nation, but without some of the territory that it currently has, uh, I don't see that as the worst option. Basically, this is a war in which every option is is bad. Uh, but the, the the best option that we can come up with is the one where the most people's lives are safe and most people's lives are uh not uh, disturbed uh, too much.
0: You know, John, one of the things that I I heard a lot in the beginning and actually not just the beginning, but even since then, is that, you know, Russia did this because they had to defend themselves. You've heard this before, right? So they, they had to, you know, that, The uh, Ukraine was getting too cozy with the West and they were worried about NATO expansion. They've seen NATO expanding East and, you know, now NATO's expanded up into, you know, all of the different uh, Baltic states and up into Finland now. You know, did did Russia, quote unquote, have to protect themselves by invading Ukraine? Or do you think that that's just a Russia propaganda talking point?
1: I I think that it is a Russia propaganda talking point and the people, like a lot of those people who, are making that point that you're saying, are on the left. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's them twisting, doing mental gymnastics of America bad, and therefore enemies of America must be good, which doesn't actually make any sense because it's the same justification, like you could make the same justification for our war in Iraq. Like there was a threat that we felt threatened by, and so we invaded a sovereign nation, and that was wrong and it's wrong for Russia too even if the threat is legitimate even if they are worried about countries around them joining a defense pact then the appropriate thing to do would be to join another defense pact the the the, the retaliation to that is not in, invade a sovereign nation like the, there's levels of escalation and that's not an appropriate level of escalation i also think and this is where i think is a fine disagreement to have but i don't think that NATO, like countries joining NATO is an, a threat to Russia in and of itself. I don't think there's anything about NATO that has ever attacked Russia. Are they worried about it? Sure, but if they never attack any of those countries, there should be no problem. If they work to cooperate with the Western countries, there would be no problem. There doesn't have to be animosity between the two nations that or between two entities. They could work together. And anyone who says that nato expanding around russia is an implicit threat to, to russia is ignoring that possibility
2: yeah i would uh i would just i would just push back slightly on that uh that second point just saying that uh nato expansion i think has not been uh, a good policy for the us and for western europe to to pursue i do think that it has some sort of inherent threat but i would agree with you john absolutely on the first point that this is not if Russia has any sort of uh, issue with, with NATO expansion, uh, if they have any sort of issue with that, the next logical step is not invading U- Ukraine. That's why I, I, like you, I feel somewhat of a, uh, I feel somewhat of a problem that some people on the left, uh, some quote unquote anti-imperialists are saying that, you know, support Russia, support Russia uh, because of, because of NATO encroachment. I, I think that uh, a Ukraine invasion, you know, I don't think Putin is necessarily on the side of the, of the uh, global left or the, you know, the workers of the world. So um, yeah, this, I think you should both oppose Russia's uh, invasion of Ukraine because it doesn't help anyone except maybe Putin and also try to find an, uh, an end, a solution to this.
0: Yeah. A, a solution is definitely something that we need to be focusing on. I mean, l- let me just make it clear where I stand on this issue. I think that if Ukraine wants to keep going and retake the Donbas and retake Crimea, that's that's totally up to them. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't tell them not to do it. You know, if because if, you're right, if that was America, if we were in that situation, we would want to get back all of our territory. And so when it comes to what the Ukrainian people want to do, I think they should go forth and do that if they want to. The question that I have is, How much should we be funding it? Because I feel like that's a separate yet important conversation. As of right now, forty-seven countries have been giving money to Ukraine throughout this conflict, and of those forty-seven countries, the U.S. has can has given more than the remaining forty-six combined. So it (laughs) sounds drastically familiar to general (laughs) military spending. (laughs) So I mean, when it comes to our particular involvement in this conflict it's incredibly bloated. I mean, if Germany wants to push more money, I mean, they should do that. If the Baltic States want to push more money, they should do that. The UK wants to, but this is taxpayer money that is going to this conflict. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't help them at all, but I think there's a difference between not helping at all and a hundred plus billion in a year, Uh, you know, and we're not talking about this. We're not debating the amounts in in Congress. It's just you know, like Biden just keeps appropriating more and more Congress keeps just like fleshing out more and more. And I think it's a bit excessive. I I really do. I think it's an excessive amount of aid, not because they don't deserve it, but because we have things that we need to be addressing here at home. And to be honest, we can't be just dumping hundreds of billions of dollars into every single conflict that happens around the world. Ukraine's war with Russia isn't the only conflict in the world. Are we going to get involved with all of them? Like, where does it stop? You know, honestly, truthfully,
1: no, and that's a that's a great point. And if you you know if you are a congressman saying, "Hey, we need to cut back spending," and you're unwilling to touch Ukraine, you're unwilling to touch military spending in general, and you only want to touch money that is going to poor families or whatever, it's I bad. think that's it's it's just not it doesn't make any sense because yeah, no, if we have the infinite money machine and it's going to Ukraine, if we're using the infinite money machine for that, that's fine but I'd like to use the infinite money machine for other things too. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm a modern monetary theory guy, but like if you, if you say we have it for this, but not for Americans, that doesn't make sense to me.
2: Yeah, and I would say that uh, I would agree with both of you in that um, if this conflict is between Russia and Ukraine over regions that frankly me and everyone else on this call or anyone who's listened to this probably had, you know, understands less than 1% of you know, the history of that region, uh, we, you know, we shouldn't necessarily be directly involved in anything like that. I I said on the campaign trail when people asked about Ukraine, I said, again, that if we want to support the people of Ukraine, the best thing we could do is have a very open and very accommodating uh, refugee policy to get people out of very dangerous uh, areas. And, you know, we know that there are problems with, uh, with the refugee policy being more open to certain types of people than others. And that's a question yep. we can get into. But I would say that... Um, that is where the U S should be placed in its energy is if, if if refugees are trying to get over uh, to America, we should be as open and accommodating as possible. That's where we should spend our energy.
0: Yeah. And and kind of the last point that I want to make about this story is when, when I first came across the story about Lindsey Graham being arrested, I, in my mind, I thought it was for comments that he made a year ago uh, because he had made comments publicly about calling for the assassination of Putin, kind of in, in an indirect sense, in fact, we have a video, but We're gonna play that video really quickly right now.
1: I hope he'll be taken out one way or the other. I don't care how they take him out. I don't care if we send him to The Hague and uh, try him. I just want him to go. Yes, I'm on record. Please understand, Senator Lindsey Graham, and if John McCain were here, <clears throat> he'd be saying the same thing, I think. It's time for him to go. He's a war criminal. I wish somebody had taken Hitler out in the 30s. Vladimir Putin is not a legitimate leader. He is a war criminal. He needs to to be dealt with by the Russian people. I'm not asking to invade Russia to take him out. I'm not asking to send American ground forces in Ukraine to fight the Russian army. I am asking the Russian people to rise up and end this reign of terror for you and the world at large.
0: So, Connor. You, again, are representative here who was going to be running for Congress. So it feels most apt to ask you this question first. Is it okay for members of Congress to make statements like that, basically encouraging the, let's just call it what it is the assassination of a political leader?
2: No, it's not. And I would take, uh, I would take my stance from what Bernie Sanders said uh, when talking about um, General Soleimani when, uh, when General Soleimani was assassinated. You know, you had both people, Democrats and a lot of, you know, mostly Republicans and a lot of Democrats saying, "Oh, he's a thug and uh, he he was this or that," but he shouldn't have been assassinated. Um, Bernie Sanders just straight up said that, "Look, we cannot have any sort of relationship with any any country if we start advocating for the assassination of 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 political leaders," and that's uh, what I what I agree with. There's a lot of things that I have uh, against Vladimir Putin. There's a lot of things that I have against. Uh, leaders all over the world, including here, but uh, to say that uh, we should be advocating for assassination of them is simply a way for someone like Lindsey Graham to stoke flames that don't need to be stoked. It's it's throwing fuel on the fire and it, it doesn't nothing to help any situation.
1: So, Connor, I'm going to go ahead and just disagree with you there. Now, I'm not Ooh. calling for the assassination of Vladimir Putin. However, I think it's fairly hypocritical to send billions of dollars for ukrainians to kill russians and not have vladimir putin be considered one of them if we are supporting ukraine in a war against russia where russia has invaded the goal is to eliminate the king like like that's the whole point why should vladimir putin because he's a head of state not be on the casualty list like that doesn't make any sense to me if we're supporting the war and we're saying it's okay to kill russian soldiers then we should also be saying it's okay to kill russian leaders like there, there should be no difference between and if anything it should be more important to kill the russian leaders who are instigating the war because you take out vladimir putin war's over you know I, I again i'm not necessarily saying we should call for the assassination of foreign leaders but when we're supporting a war against a country it seems kind of hypocritical to say we shouldn't call for the assassination of the leader of that country.
2: Well, I think I would say that, you know, I understand uh, I understand what you're saying about the people who actually are the ones responsible for the conflicts. But if we wanted to do that, then we should we should have gone to war with, with Russia ourselves. You know, Lindsey Graham is saying assassin, we should assassinate Vladimir Putin. But like you said, it's not Lindsey Graham out there who's uh, you know, at risk of of dying. And it's not American soldiers really out there at risk of dying. It's Ukrainian soldiers, and that's who Putin is going to take out any sort of uh, take this all out on. So if 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 someone wanted to be that that saber rattling, which I I get, I understand uh, the point, but they have to put themselves or to put actually take a real risk when it comes to that, because again, it's not Americans who are going to be dying in this war. I mean, yeah. I don't
1: think that Lindsey Graham. I'll I don't think that Lindsey Graham saying anything is going to make Putin angry and have them kill a couple more Ukrainians. Like it's all it's just political dick measuring across the globe. Like, you know, this neither of these comments, either the, the comments that Graham made or the arrest warrant will actually amount to anything in reality. It's all just, you know, posture. Well
2: but- exactly. And, and and I think that Desmond had said something before about that. Maybe this was off the air that it was surprising that this is what made Lindsey Graham get an arrest warrant. Uh, you know, maybe it's a lifetime achievement award. I don't know. But it's uh, <laughs> it, 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 like you said, it, it's posturing on both sides. And, and I get that. But uh, I think this shows that people like Lindsey Graham, who has done this time and time again with Iraq, with Iran, and uh, with North Korea and with Russia, is that he shouldn't be anywhere near um, any sort of conflict like this because he's going to do nothing but uh, throw gasoline on the fire. He's got no other uh, solutions to offer. I'll drink to that.
0: You know i um i think last thing i, I want to mention here for myself it's incredibly dangerous to make a statement like that you know it just it just said because we have to you have to acknowledge what it is in the room that russia is a nuclear-powered uh nation and you're saying like oh well you know like a, a comment like that isn't gonna force vladimir putin to you know harm ukrainians more i mean i think we've seen throughout this entire uh just ordeal here that vladimir putin isn't a rational actor So, I mean, there's no telling what he might or might not do. As we also seen that right now, they are moving tactical nuclear missiles into Belarus. Uh, So, there's no real knowing what he may or may not do. So, I'm always weary of it. I I kind of hear you, Connor, if you're saying, like, oh, Wolfram makes statements like that, then it should be us actually involved in that fighting. I I don't think you should be calling for the assassination of of any political leader. It just feels, especially a a political leader who, in fact, does have as many nuclear weapons as we do. Uh, But then again, maybe just my fear of World War III might just be a little bit higher than another person's might be.
2: Yeah, I don't think we should be calling for his assassination. But, you know, if again, he is not even on any sort of level to to call for that, you know, anything that I would even remotely consider appropriate. And I don't think it's appropriate to call for an assassination of someone like Vladimir Putin.